Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. In the week after the season ended, when he was kind of hanging around Green Bay doing his exit meetings, and he said that the Packers told him that they wanted him back. And they wanted him to retire in Green Bay. They wanted him to stay. And what Aaron said to me, and this didn't make the story, but he said in February... Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Just when you thought you were out, Aaron Rodgers... I would assume he sits down, even though he's not directly across from Matt Schneidman. He has a phone call with Matt Schneidman from The Athletic. It is a long story, Matt. I did you a favor today. One, I don't know if you subscribed to The Athletic. I sent a lot of screenshots because it was like six or seven scroll downs here as far as trying to get to the actual... Six or seven scroll downs. But to roll, like when you were reading the article, you, you know, you got the little... I got the little spinner on the mouse. I had to keep on spinning there to get... To the bottom of the article. Great story by Matt Schneidman. And look, he has Aaron Rodgers on record. Talked about a lot of different things. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, He's Matt Hamilton. I am Jim Rutledge. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. If the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's crush a Coors Light. Join us and crush some Coors Light at the ESPN Madison Open. Sign up at ESPNMadisonOpen.com today. It is Monday, July 17th. Up at Trapper's Turn in the Wisconsin Dells. You can get some. You're going to have as much Coors Light as you care to drink. You're going to hang out with celebrities like Matt Hamilton and Mark Tauscher, and others are going to be announced. A lot of former Badgers will be around this party as well. So hang out with the ESPN Madison crew. Raise money Don't for sell yourself short, celebrity Jim Rutledge. I, I am. I am scheduled to appear as I got the same press release uh, via social media as you and Tauscher did. But uh, you'll be able to hang out with the ESPN Madison crew and have a great time. And raise money for Catch, which is charities around the Children's Hospital. And so good cause, good times, and good people up at the and ESPN. Good beer. And good beer up at the ESPN Madison Open. The people's favorite beer, 844-770-3776. Zena D chimes in. Ken Maka, throwback there, too, for Brewers manager. Uh, King Troll Ooh. House of D, Ken Maka. <laughs> <laughs> we could do Brewers GM or Bucks coach, and you could start. That was Brewers coach, but yes. Well, right. Yeah, well, you or, said GM, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, either yeah. way, you yeah. know, you know, it would have been bad. There, <laughs> like Larry Drew is a deep cut for the Bucks, yeah. and that's not even that long ago. I would have been like, that's that was a trick question. That's a player for the Bucks, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, this, those are both pretty generic names as well. Uh, House of D chimes in. John Horst did sign Grayson Allen, so regardless. Uh, if he's better than Goody or not, I'll never forgive him for that. Now, House D, I'm with you on that one. I do want nothing more than Horse to trade away. And he traded for Grayson Allen. I want nothing more for him to trade away Grayson Allen. So, but, but I hope they do. I think if the Bucks are going to run it back with <laughs> no everyone. Buts, no, no buts. buts. <laughs> I think if the Bucks are going to run it back with everyone, as far as Middleton, Drew, and Giannis, then you got to clean out the bench a little bit, which means you got to make some upgrades. But... I wanted to get back to this Rogers story from Steinman, and I'm not here. We're not going to play the blame game anymore because I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion that the Packers should have communicated better with There's Aaron no Rodgers. One person right. to blame, and forget the Packers part of it. Goody should have communicated more with Aaron Rodgers and made him feel more part of the team. And Goody should not have given off a vibe of "I'm the captain, you're on my boat," and that seems to be the vibe that Aaron Rodgers picked up from Goody. And it should have been like, hey, we're in this together. 
And I think that would have led to Aaron Rodgers finishing his career with Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers could have handled it better and put on his big boy pants and ridden it out a little bit longer like Tom Brady did with the Patriots. Or And then obviously he left, but he quietly left. His contract expired and he left. There was not all this drama. But that's not what I want to get into today. I don't want to relitigate that. My question is, and our second Iron Jock poll question, 844-770-3776, was the relationship between Goody and Aaron Rodgers, can that be described as toxic? 844-770-3776. Matt, you can rebut me in a minute here, but I look at it like this, that let's say you're in a bad work relationship or a bad workplace, and at that workplace, they're going to, over time, you've worked there for a while, even if you are good at your job, but let's say you're just getting kind of to the point where you want to leave. Part of the reason you might want to leave is that, let's say you were doing something, let's say that you're bad at asking for a vacation time or something like that, Matt Hamilton. And let's say over the years you get better at it, that maybe it used to be like 70% of the time you'd screw it up. But let's say 10 <laughs> years from now, you screwed up like 30. We use numbers that aren't as close to, <laughs> to but, what but, but, I'm experiencing. Right. But here's what I'm saying. Let's say 10 years from now, you screwed up like 20% of the time. Okay. But every time you screw it up, uh, Jesse Nelson, the hall monitor, is like, oh, there goes Matt again. And you're like, well, dude, I got a lot better at it. And, right. and so you know, maybe you could let it go a little bit. And there's, it's just any, I'm just using you as an example. But over time on a job, even if you're happy at it, all these sort of things, people start building in preconceived notions of you. Right. And either you can have the entire team get swept out, which is what happened to Aaron Rodgers, but the new people coming in, enough of them were around that they still had preconceived notions of you. And Aaron Rodgers was not given the benefit of the doubt as far as who he was as a person. And in this case, I think Aaron Rodgers and Goody, and this is why I call their relationship toxic, is that they both had preconceived notions about each other. And that maybe Goody thought Aaron was a diva and asked too much and wanted to be too involved and was not his business to be involved in things. And Aaron thought Goody, too power hungry, too me, 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 not, not collaborative enough. And when he says things like, in New York, I already feel like I'm in a better situation, it says to me that this relationship was toxic because in New York, there's no baggage. He left all his baggage from his prior job, his his job that he worked at for a long time and just wore out his welcome with. He left all that baggage here in Green Bay and he gets to go there and the Jets don't have a preconceived notion of him. What they see is a Hall of Fame quarterback coming off of a season statistically that they would kill for in New York, let alone two years ago. So that's why I think it was toxic here, not even playing the blame game. I just think that relationship was toxic and it had to end. I mean... You're right. There was there was no coming back from it. We were kind of alluding to it, and it kind of seemed like there was a chance that they were going to. It was all just going to be water under the bridge, but like you could tell that there was an issue between Rogers and the front office because Rogers made enough cracks about it on his McAfee show, and the front office obviously did it in the way that they drafted and things like that to show that they didn't really believe in Rogers for the future. So I mean. It is what it is. You saw the rift happen. It was you just were hoping that that the band-aid of winning was going to last long enough to finish out Rogers' career. And unfortunately, one eight and nine season was enough for Goody to, you know, maybe not push as hard as he normally would have for a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Right now, it is a landslide. About ninety percent of people say a toxic relationship there between Aaron Rodgers and Goody, and I don't. I'm over the blame game. That part of the story, we can't be done with Aaron Rodgers' story because if Aaron Rodgers is going to talk about the Green Bay Packers, we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers talking about the Green Bay Packers. But I do think 
that it is fair to say that it was a toxic relationship. And when you look back at it, I think it probably went a year too long, Matt. Yeah, probably did. Honestly, they should have just let that. They should have let his contract run out. Or they could have traded him when he asked. They would have gotten a bigger haul. Oh my goodness! If they if they had traded him right when he asked, like yes, we would have missed one season of thirteen and four amazingness. But man, we would have had three first round draft picks for him. And you could have had your own version of whether it was Jordan Love turning into Geno Smith or your own Geno Smith, like Seattle trading Russell Wilson. And just look at that trade. And let's say it's Aaron Rodgers that goes to the uh, Denver Broncos. Maybe Geno Smith ends up in Green Bay as the veteran guy. And maybe you end up with Geno Smith as your quarterback and Jordan Love doesn't win the job, but you got Geno in there who's a little bit younger and you're winning that way. Take that. And with all those draft picks. Yeah, yeah. It's it's over now. Hindsight's always 20-20, right? Absolutely. Our first Iron Jock poll question we asked, who has been the better GM so far? Packers GM Brian Gutenkunst or Bucks GM John Horst? 82% of you say John Horst. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. if I'm going to win uh, throwing stones or not, but I do know that if you go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison, you will be a winner because that's where winners go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. More than $58 million in jackpots so far this year at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. The largest win, $218,000. More than $2.5 million won last week alone. Largest win last week, $40,000. Go be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. And coming up in June on the 25th, Grand Slam giveaway at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. 24 players will step up to take a crack at their wheel to win up to $3,000. So just, they're just basically giving away cash over at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. So go be a winner and go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison and let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. Yeah, so with Alex Strofe being out, I'm still surfing the interwebs, figuring out everything that I can bring to you guys as interesting stories. And I'm going to start with um, 83-year-old Al Pacino. I saw this. He's having another child. The mother, 29-year-old Noor Alfala, who is about four years younger than his daughter, Julie Marie. (laughs) Matt, you're giving me a face. Uh, I'm just going to ask, how do you feel about this? Matt Hamilton, we'll start with you. I think that it is wonderful if a classic American gangster is still shooting shots. That is a good sign in my book. More the little the more Pacino's the better. I love him in like pretty much every movie he's been in. I have no problem with this. Yes, the age gap is quite weird, but if everyone's happy and consensual in the relationship, then it's all good by me. Gangsters still shooting. <laughs> so, this is a little. 
I love this from the Dan Levitard show. Has the De Niro Pacino rivalry gone too far? Because <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I'm gonna throw this back at you and, and Alex, you guys can have different answers. How old is too old? For you, if you were, let's say, out there single and regular ready to mingle. I mean, at a certain point, I would feel bad for the child. Like, they're not... No, no, I'm saying for you. <laughs> yeah. So, but obviously there's a, a cutoff for women that doesn't exist for men. Right. Are you past the point of cutoff, or you would you still be pre-cutoff for women? If I was a single man. Yes. Yeah, I would still be thinking that... So you'd go pre-cutoff for the women. As far as, like, there's a biological timeline. Let's say it's 50 max. Okay. You're going under or over 50. How old is too old for you? For me, as far as, like... Like, as a man. Yes. If you're single, would you sleep with someone? Oh. What's the age limit? Under or over 50, would, would you draw the line? Probably over 50. Under 60. Okay. At under now. 50 for sure. Well, how old are that's you? 25. Yeah, that's, that's, ha- that's twice my age. Yeah, you're probably getting close to your parents' age. I get you that one. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's probably everyone's kind of like parents' line of like, got to push it past. Sorry, that I, I, I was not understanding the question. Clearly, yeah. clearly, I was like, I was trying I to be. You were like, At what age is too old to have a child? No, as no, like no. a male. No, uh, Alp eighty three is too old. Well, no, <laughs> well, right, totally. Because yeah, that kid's gonna make it to like what six, and then dad's gonna die of old age. You think dad's? <laughs> do you think dad's out there? Throwing the ball around at 83. I mean, like. Oh, he's not even going to make it to the <laughs> right, entire right, age right. that a kid can throw a ball. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, Heat star Jimmy Butler and ten- tennis star Coco Gauff were exchanging DMs before the NBA play-in tournament. He offered her NBA Finals tickets to watch him and the Heat in the finals before the play-in tournament. Do you like that confidence or do you think it's a bit too much? Also, he's offering someone I, like slid into the DMs, which you know, just to just to flex his his NBA Finals prowess early. Jim, do you think that that's a little too much, too cocky? For Jimmy Butler, no, because I think somehow he harnesses it in a way that feels endearing, because he's not LeBron or even Jordan, where he's supremely talented, where you are head and shoulders better than everyone else, so it's this guy that almost has to fake it till he makes it. Because if you're top, you're talking tiers in general before this playoff, especially of NBA players. Jimmy Butler's tier two, but he is carrying himself, and his game is carrying himself like he's a tier one player. So I think you got to just live the whole life, and good for him. I, I think it's one of those things of speaking into existence, and I think that's part of his success. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. From any player at any level, like if you want to try and throw some confidence at a situation like that, there's there's nothing wrong with it. And Jimmy Butler's backed it up better than anyone possibly would have expected him to. That is, that's a ball and move in my opinion. And if you've got the cojones to make that call and then do what you've been doing, then good on you. I think that's awesome. All right, this one's not so much a... Uh... So it's not so much relevant today. It's just been something that's been on my mind for quite a while. There's always content surrounding Hasbula. Who, who is Hasbula, and why do we care, Jim? What the hell are you talking about? I'm sorry. All right, I'm not. All right, yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt. 
So Hezbollah is like some guy who is a normal aged human, but looks like like a three year old toddler. And what? yeah, it's like it, seriously like child shoes. This this person could be no taller than like two and a half, three feet tall. But it, the, Hezbollah looks like a child. The the hype mine is because it looks like a. He looks like a child, and he is like super into like oh, UFC seen. and stuff. So it's that's like hilarious real, to see him. That's a twenty-year-old man, huh? Three foot four, twenty years old. As I googled it, this is not a fake. I've seen this child, this man. I guess. Yeah, I thought that was a child. I thought no. it was a child till now too. That um, was like that Andy Miller. What is uh, Hasbula's condition? I don't know. Benjamin Button syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. I was just curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna click on his. Um, there's been other situations like that. Like, gee, you're too young. But there's a guy by the name of Andy Milanakis who looked like a 20 some year old dude, but apparently he was like 40, so doing like a show for 20 year olds. Hasbula has dwarfism caused by growth hormone deficiency and stands three foot four inches tall. But what throws it more is that he looks very. His features are very young in his face and everything. I don't understand it. I don't like it. It's very off-putting. And nothing against him. I'm saying that he's leaning... Because the the social media, as I see the photos here, leaning into the fact he looks like a toddler. Oh, yeah. So, like, that part is off-putting. Because seeing a... To- like, you honestly, if you don't know, it looks like a toddler smoking or drinking beer or any of these things. <laughs> and honestly, every time I've seen that, I've been like, who is this person's parent? Like, I didn't know what was going on. I was not in on the joke, but now I know what it is. It's a weird one. Some Be- people's kids. Some people's kids. It's a weird one. So, what is your question? Who who is he and why do we care? I was well, there. You go. I now don't I just know like, who he is. I just know why we care. Well, now That's we know who he is. Adult that looks like a baby. I still don't care. But <laughs> best of luck to him. Hopefully, he's monetizing this. Oh yeah. All don't right. You worry about Hezbollah. Yeah, we've got one last one for you. Um, I I was at a like uh, just a restaurant and I saw a kid just running around with the little like sticky hand thing that's you know oh stretchy. Oh my gosh! No just way! Slapping it. Yeah, absolutely. And it got me thinking like, what is your favorite childhood toy? And do you think they still use it? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. Oh my gosh! Those sticky hands were like a ten out of ten like gumball dispensing thing from the bowling alley. Oh my goodness. It was that and the other addiction for like coin operated machines for toys was I always went for the football helmets. So I always tried to collect every team in the in the NFL. So those are the two toys that I like remember nostalgically like going to the bowling alley from my house with like pockets full of quarters ready to just get a bunch of sticky hands and and helmets and maybe play some video games in the arcade. I definitely had a similar experience. I didn't like the sticky hands. I did like the helmets. I'm trying to remember what else would have been in there. I feel oh, like- you could steal papers from like your classmates with the sticky hands. Like you would fling it I at know, their desk it, yeah. and just it, you could just grab the sheet from them from like five feet away. It was so disruptive. But I would say like the thing that stood out to me the most, and this wasn't from like a you didn't qualify to being like from a vending machine was uh, it's not a toy but garbage pill kits. I the cards. I used to buy garbage pill kid cards you mean all the time. Trash pill? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, do you know what garbage pill kids cards are? No, I don't. I have no idea. It is actually along the lines of Hasbula. It had characters in there like <laughs> Uzi Susie and Slobby Robbie, and it was like drawings of disformed 
weird-looking kids and, like, Slobby Robbie looks like a 400-pound baby sitting on a scale that's broken holding candy and eating ice cream. And it would be, like, all these weird things. Sydney Kidney. <laughs> and it would be, like, a kid who couldn't go to the bathroom. But it was, like, these <laughs> weird cards that you'd buy, and I collected garbage bill kid cards. Nice. They have any value today? Probably. Russ Puss. And this is kid leaning oh, over gross. a ball. Brutal, oh, like uh, like a Don't ice care. cream bowl, and like squeezing out his no stop, oh, it's oh. gross. And I collect. There were stickers too. Like there, was, I kept them as cards, but there were stickers, so you could get stickers and stick them on things. Oh my god! Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Did you ever hear of garbage pail kid cards? No, I. If, that's if you my did, time. you were a garbage pail kid. Um. Oh yeah, some are. Look it up right now. Seventy five hundred dollars, four thousand, two thousand, thousand bucks out for <laughs> plus Russ. <laughs> For Slobby Robbie. So the number Yuck. one one is uh, Nasty Nick is the most expensive one. Adam Bomb at $4,000. Evil Eddie at $2,200. Uh, and then we have Junkie Jeff and JDK and Nerdy Norm or a few other ones. So. Oh, wow. Fun. A lot of alliteration there. Mind Eraser Mike, which has a pencil through his head and his brain <laughs> popping out. Nice. Yeah. Just, I thought they were great at uh, six or seven years old. That, that sounds... Like Gen a very X, unique, right? yeah. There we go. Am We're right, yeah, the millennials guys. over here. I I squeeze in that last do last. You, do you fit in millennial on some scales? But you know whether or not you're a millennial, I'm a millennial here, Matt. We're both winners today because you beat Jim <laughs> Rutledge despite a late push with Slobby Robbie. Yeah. You know, I thought I had that one locked up, but it did get a little nervous when Jim started nerding out over his like eleven year old <laughs> self. Not eleven. Getting they came out Sally in 1985. Or whatever the heck it is. Whoa. These were for children. <laughs> what was her name? Susie. Uh Tim and Oregon chimes in. Bro, I don't know. I don't I don't have them all in front oh, of me right now. You had it pulled up a I second ago. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think here. Uzi Susie. Yeah. That, that what did better. you call her? Sloppy, sloppy Susie? I don't know. Sloppy <laughs> Sally sounds inappropriate. Uzi Susie sounds equally inappropriate. No. <laughs> Slobby Robbie does not. Hey, thank yeah. you. Yeah, they all sound really bad. Bad Breath Seth. Blasted Billy. Those are some good ones. <laughs> Stoned Sean. He was a big. He was turned into stone. Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. We all know a Sean. Tim and Oregon yeah. chimes in, bro. I'm 20 years older than you, and I bought those things in the quarter slots. My wife did not understand. Uh, then the yard possum of Lake Mills chimes in. I collected garbage pill kids growing up, and I still have probably 2,000 of them. Get from out of the here. first, second, and third edition. They were. Wait. So when dude said, "Bro, I'm 20 years older than you," is he saying that to me, G, or you? I don't know. It's a huge range of ages. I am. Four- it is. I am 43. So <laughs> Tim can chime in, and he can give us a better age range there. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Did you collect garbage pill cards? Do you know what they are? This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Is another garbage pail kid card. If you see the card, Harry, the f- what? Terry cloth. No. T 
Terry Cloth. The face of Terry Cloth is wiped off on her towel. So she is faceless. Her face is on her towel. So, uh, On her Terry Cloth. On her Terry Cloth towel. Tim in Oregon chimes in. 57-year-old oldest Gen Xer. So more than twice G's. I mean, these cards have been around for almost 40 years. 1985. That is crazy. So they came out the same year the Jordan 1s came out. There you go. Not quite. I don't think there'll be a, a story or a movie about these. There is a movie, but not about like the the story of them. Now, were you guys into speaking of things from the eighties? As we just uh, talk about old things, did you guys watch American Gladiators? I did watch some American Gladiators as a kid. So, are you going to go to ESPN Plus and watch the? Uh, 30 for 30 on them? It's a two-part series. I had no idea it was happening, but I do have ESPN Plus, so that is definitely going to go on the list. American Gladiators, 30 for 30. It is the kind of the dark side of what that was, which you can imagine, just like wrestling. And uh, yeah, ESPN 30 for 30, the first one is out on ESPN Plus already. I think the second one comes out tonight. But I would uh, highly recommend it because I love I haven't seen it yet. But it's getting very good reviews, and I loved American Gladiators. Did you watch American Gladiators at all? It rings Alex a G? bell. I think I saw it. It reminds me of, like, there's a Dwayne The Rock Johnson show that they're, like, you know, trying to be the manliest men and, and the best crossfitters. It's, it's, it's almost similar to that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Matt, do you want to describe it? Do you want me to? So it was, it was like, it was a game you were an individual contestant competing against other contestants, but all the contestants were kind of competing against the gladiators. So like you would go oh, up that's and right. there'd be like maybe an obstacle course, or maybe you guys had like these giant like ear cleaners and you had to knock each other off a pedestal or the one was my like favorite the- one was where the gladiator yes. got in the cannon and yeah. was shooting the tennis balls. Yeah. And then you had to run up from like shooting station to shooting station and like you had to hit the target above the gladiator's head yes i i did see some episodes some of, of that but i was very where it young. was like you had to run by them like a running back and like deke them and there was people that would just get lit up like christmas trees nitro <laughs> zap gemini Blade, diamond laser. yeah electra cyclone were some of the characters on that and as you can imagine i would imagine when we get to see that fully probably a lot of steroids Probably not the best work conditions there, but I'm excited it to see the, the the times. It was, was a lot of steroids uh, going we, we around saw, in professional sports, uh, right? And we saw all the stuff with wrestling, so I can't imagine it being much different. And you know, I could be a gladiator though, and that's just because I'm all natural. Uh, I work out of Carbon World Health, and I get a little <laughs> bit of help uh, with semi glutide. because it keeps your glutes tight. There you go, Matt Hamilton. <laughs> just basically colors throughout the show, and. <laughs> We got to fix this ADD problem. You started with it, but now, like, if you're not talking, you're coloring. I know. Like, I had a better. I had a better. You need uh, to figure out something. It's different. Spinner. It's different when like Eric Name and Wildy are on. If you want to color a little bit, but like <laughs> the show, I'm trying to give you at a max a minute break there, and I need you to hop back in there. But maybe a carbon one health. If you worked out more, your your mental <laughs> yeah, uh, side exactly. of things would be a little bit better yeah, as well. Olympian. If I sound the fittest and healthiest and strongest I've been in my life, it's because I am. Partly because I work out at Carbon World Health, but look, at 43, you kind of sometimes hit a wall, and I was able to use semi-glutide to get the weight loss gains I was looking for. It's an FDA-approved weight loss treatment. It's the stuff you hear about the stars taking all the time. Go get a consultation with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez. Long story short, it's safe, FDA-approved, and it helps you burn fat, not muscle. 
And then you do that with a better diet and working out, and you can get the weight loss gains you're looking for. They have that at Carbon World Health. Find out how to reach your weight loss, weight loss and strength gains at Carbon World Health. But, Matt, so you do remember Gladiators, but you do not remember garbage the book garbage book. Yet. No, I didn't even, like, Pogs were, like, the first, like, I real collectible yeah, thing Pogs, that I yep. can remember. But that, I feel like, started in the 90s. Did you do Tech Decks? I never had a tech deck. I don't know what a tech deck is. Oh, man. Then there was those things like Beyblades. Yeah. That's a little like, that was a little after my time. I don't know what those are either. No, that, that's like that I knew it was, was like in battle my... tops. Okay. Okay. All right. And there were arenas and you could get all sorts of different customizations with them. There was Ooh. an anime TV show on Saturday mornings on my local. Like, the TV show made no sense to me that they were going to like, we're going to. We're going to have a daily show of people ripping tops, like, as a cartoon. Well, yeah, I mean, it was like they were trying to compete with Pokemon, essentially, is what it was. And it was, it, I liked it as a kid. I don't remember if it stands now, but it was lovely then. I mean, it's no Pokemon. No. David Bakhtiari with a lot of quotes from today. Uh, he had this to say, whatever the team needs from me, if they want me to yell and scream, I'll yell and scream. If they want me to shut the blank up, I'll shut the blank up. I just want to win. I've been around the block enough times. All I want to do is win. He also said that the only reason he's at voluntary OTAs is for the bonus money, but did add he's having a heck of a time, and it's nice after four surgeries in 20 months that he's able to get out there and be healthy this time of year. So at least well, he's being honest. Him, yeah. yeah, hey, I'm, I'm here so I don't get fined. I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of the reason a lot of veterans yeah, go. I don't, but they I, don't need to say that. You don't need to say that to everybody. That's, look, Bakhtiari... I think knows that he is on a, and I don't think this is a bad thing from the Packers or from Bach. I think he's on a farewell tour. Yeah. I think, and I don't know how it works with the trades. I don't know the Packers, like everyone's contract as well. But I think if the Packers, let's say around the trade deadline, were a couple games under 500, I think ideally they would trade him away for a fifth, sixth round pick. Or, I mean, you saw what Chicago did trading away Robert Quinn and right, right. Roquan Smith during the year. I think if the Packers were kind of stumbling, and let's say it's hard because I think the division is going to be the weak. The Packers just I think aren't, nine wins. Uh, they aren't a midseason move kind of team. But most teams aren't. Chicago wasn't until they said, we're trying to pull the plug on this year and we're not going to get to the playoffs, so let's restart some things. Yeah, I just, I mean, even. Would you want them with to? The ri- I mean, yeah, if the writing was on the wall, I just, the Packers, that's just not what they do. The hard, I wanted well, the Packers to go all in when they had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and they didn't. It's the Packers. Have a way of doing things and going ahead and calling it quits on the season when there's still games left is one thing that the Packers won't do. They won't maybe get Jordan Love more assets to help them play better, but they're certainly not going to go out of their way to like get somebody. They're never going to admit to tanking, but they're not going to like help a, a player. Or, like, try and bail Jordan Love out. Yeah, Jim, I, I, it doesn't feel like they've ever been the kind of team to do right by a player. They Like, very rarely do they go out of their way to do something right for the player if it isn't innately, incredibly beneficial to the team. And that's an interesting take on it. I just thought they haven't been the sort of team because they've never really been out of it. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you're never really out of it. Now, in this case, with Jordan Love, I don't think he's going to be the reason you're in it, but... I really think the division is going to be one with nine, maybe ten wins, which is an old school nine win. So I think you could sell yourself on the division being in play, not the playoffs. I think this year the North is going to turn out one playoff team and a bunch of teams between six and nine wins. So I think maybe one team gets nine and the other ones get six. I don't know how the math will work on that, but 
I think that's the biggest knock against trying to trade these guys is you're never going to feel out of it enough to think like right. we can't do it. And they'll, then they'll just walk away. Obviously, but that's the problem. Like it's doing right they by the won't. place. It's more doing better for the team. Like if you cut Bakhtiari, you're just saving the money. And if you were able to trade him for anything, if they're if they cut Bakhtiari mid season this year, that no. tells me that they're not ready for. Or Jordan Love is not ready. They were not going to cut him. They trade him or trade him. That's what I mean. If they get rid of Bakhtiari mid season this year. It's going to be because Jordan Love ain't it, and they need more bites at the apple. Or Jordan got hurt, too, but that could be another thing, too. Like, that's the other I, I thing. I guess you're right. You're when right. Jesse Nelson, we talked about it before, talked about eight or nine wins, that's assuming great health. Yeah, they are talking a, about the Packers in a bubble. Yeah, they're not a deep team. Right. No. Like, at wide receiver, their top-end talent, young and unproven, but you can feel excited about where it could end up. Again, I think it's about a year away from feeling really good about it, and I think the Packers know that. But there's no depth in Christian like if, Watson. Like did if play. Watson and Dobbs both are both out like they were. Watson's for like going three to or miss four games, games every three year. Three or four games last year, we had Dobbs, uh, Dobbs and Watson out for like three or four games. The two of them. What is our starting wide receiving group going to look like if those two are injured going into a game? Well, that's forget even like you'd have Torrey and Reed who both are slot guys. They're small receivers. Yes, and that's too wide at most. You're putting one of your rookie tight ends in the slot. Christian Watson's build seems to lend itself that if you're betting on it on average, he's going to miss a game or two a year, which is fine. I mean, it's it's a long season. You got an extra game in it, and you or won't play a whole game. Could be a few games he ends up getting knocked out during the game. Hopefully, he'll get bigger and stronger. But he missed time in college his entire life. He's missed time during every season, right? But and, he's also been a boy every football season he's ever played until last year. True, but you know I, what I mean, like he's probably finally starting to get to that point where you can really actually put on mass as opposed to just grow. Was he twenty two years old? Um, I'm trying to. Well, it's, it's not giving me. He's going to need a little bit more time to like fill out. I think you're right. I think this season he's going to struggle with a little bit of injuries like last time. And as, barring anything like major, I think he's going to fill out and turn he's into He's 24. Well, okay, he's a little older than I thought. Yeah, that's man. I mean, I was thinking he's 22. 23. He's 6'5, 207, and he's 24 years old. He was an older prospect. Right. That just, I mean, so I think his body, which is yeah, fine. No, you're right. He is pretty gangly. For, it, it's, it's all fine. It's not a knock on him. I'm just saying that when you're managing it out. Like a guy might miss a game or two. You might just if he doesn't, great. But if he and misses, Watson missing a game might be a win or a loss, right? And then because if let's say Watson's out, you're going to Torrey and Reed. They're tiny players, so now you don't have like large people who you normally like to have on the outside. Like Dobbs isn't particularly big, no, right? Right, and Watson is extremely big, but you still like you have a lot of like at least Dobbs is can play on the outside. The other guys, I think you prefer to have on the inside. Luke Musgrave's been a guy who's been injured a lot. Their rookie in college. So you just have a lot of guys you're banking on not getting injured. Right. And they use they're probably if a guy missed a lot of time in college and he has a shortened off season, he might miss a few games this year. That's not a rip on him. It's just football is hard, people get hurt. There's not a lot of depth on this team. So I hundred percent agree, we said it before, that the Packers could win eight or nine games this year. But that's if they're hundred percent healthy. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt.
Intelligent Hamilton continues live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. We're presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue. You know what to do. And that's Crush a Coors Light. Look at that. Matt Hamilton crushing Coors Light during the show. <laughs> like a good show host. You're... Our great, great team listeners player. would expect me to be enjoying a cold Coors Light while I'm telling them yeah. that I'm enjoying a cold Coors Light. Here's how much of a team player Matt is. <laughs> I have to drive the show, so Matt drinks my a lot of Coors Lights during the show himself mm-hmm. too. So he, you know, yeah, don't two, drink and drive, folks. Two, <laughs> two uh, Coors Light per show, one per hour. Yeah, one but per I, hour. I give mine to Matt, and we need to, and this is contractually obligated, so Matt drinks four per show. I mean, it's just yeah. team it's player just, Matt Hamilton. It's into my contract. Yeah. You just go above and beyond. Exactly. You under-promise, just over-deliver. Like, exactly. Yeah. A big over-deliver guy. Yeah. Hey, I'll drink, you know what? I only need to drink two Coors Light for the show. I'll drink four, because I'm a team player. It's the people's beer. 844-770-3770. We're the people's show. Matt Hamilton is the people's champion. I mean, we established that last week. <laughs> Sexiest man at ESPN Wisconsin, Matt Hamilton. <laughs> Sorry, G. Oh, I'm the most interesting producer for ESPN Wisconsin. I'm happy. That's fine. That's true. Also the most athletic per Ben Brust, so take that gold medalist. I know. I'd give that Can we to get you. into this for you a second? And I don't want to get... <laughs> you can have it. We're going to play a little psychologist here. What do you think Ben's issue is with, with Matt's curling? Because, like, you take us... I know wanna, what the issue is. I can tell you. Because, all right... I was watching Cool Runnings last night, and like it's what are they? Um, they are a bobsled team. All sports. I mean, bobsled. If you think about it, you're stepping back and you explain it to your kids, ridiculous. We just put four people in a sled and send them down the hill at 80 miles per hour. Like that's the sport. So basketball, and I love well, basketball. It's won and lost in like the running. Like, right. It's literally ice sprinting. But like sports in general, <laughs> whatever the sport is, if you break it down and try to describe it to a child, they all sound stupid. Oh, and, curling. And I, oh my gosh. But basketball, oh, you have a ball and you try, you dribble it around, but you can't, you can only dribble, but you can't walk with the ball. You have to dribble the ball for some made up reason. Uh, you have a certain amount of time to shoot it and you have to put it in this hole and you get two points for these shots, three points for these. They all sound stupid. So like, my whole point is, it's really a preference because curling, yes, sounds silly, but talk out basketball or ultimate frisbee or ice skating or any of them, they all golf. sound oh. golf. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I hit a ball around a park in a gopher hole. In a, yeah, <laughs> so they're all dumb. So I'm not going to sit here and judge them because you just like what you like. So my right. whole point about like your curling is not Benny. Benny gets pissed on it because he. He and, and he's not wrong in this that there's more athleticism required to play basketball. So he looks at curling as a lesser sport. Now he looks at it as a lesser sport, but I achieved a higher goal. So he's just I think in his head he's like, if I just did curling, I could be right where he's at. Because I'm just as athletic, if not more athletic. I just didn't choose the same sport. So I think that's where Ben's coming from. When but, you get some of these like knocks, like, well, it is curling. When you hear that, that to me makes me think if he didn't choose the particular path he chose, which was basketball, and he chose curling instead, he would have been in my shoes. False, because curling is like golf and other, or even baseball. No, I think it's false too, but, but that's where well, I think I, it's I, coming I agree, from. But yeah. like, and also, you'd say you can make a case that it is harder to get into 
curling and get to your levels of being the Olympics than it is to make a Final Four because there is a self-selecting with basketball at that level, Division One college basketball. Because there are certain people, no matter how much they try, are going to be eliminated from the conversation. We've all played, like, you can grow up, there's plenty of people who end up too short, not athletic enough, but they are very skilled at basketball. I, I have some friends who are like 5'9", and they're like the joker out there when you're playing basketball with them. They're just too short, but they're incredibly talented, can score on anyone, and will get you, they'll pump fake you out of your shoes, right. but they're not going to play anywhere. They could curl, like, with the skill set. My point is yeah, that they, the pool of people that could curl is larger, so then it's harder to be at the top of it. Yeah, true. That's Way what I'm trying to get him at. into being the top dog. Here. It's true. I also wonder if, like, you know, if it was the more popular sport in that larger pool, it was actually being picked from. Because, like you're saying, it it more people can play curling, but it's so less, much less, like known that you get fewer picks, like. You, the same argument for soccer. Look at all of the pro football players out there. If yep. we did not care at all about NFL football, I'd say NBA how, more. But yeah, or NBA, yeah. how good would America be at soccer? Right. Like we've got the best athletes in every other sport, essentially yeah. at the Olympics and soccer. We don't. Maybe uh, with curling. Who knows? We're back but for at now. It tomorrow. I'm the gold medalist, baby. This is Roger Hamilton, presented by Cruise Light. Ow.